Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. Good morning to those who are worshiping with us online. If you're worshiping with us by live stream, please say hello to us. Say good morning and tell us where you are. If, you have, if you're on the beach or somewhere, send us a picture of the water, anything like that, especially if there's a shark or something out there. Happy Father's Day to you. I want to wish everybody happy Father's Day. And I want you to know we have, we have little gifts for you from the church and they're in baskets out here and and out here it's got some candy and a sticker that we have made for you for just a little something for Father's Day to say happy Father's Day Uh, the flower on the altar today is in celebration of the birth of Mary Hunter Hayes no relation okay the parents are actually Paige and Hunter Hayes big sister is Helen and this is, uh, there's some, one of our ELC families. So welcome to the world, Mary Hunter. And um, I want to ask, this is kind of a prayer request, kind of an announcement. Uh, this year's annual conference is going to be at the Von Braun Center in Huntsville. And it will be Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this year, June 22nd through the 24th. So say a prayer for all of our delegates and uh, all of the ministers, lay and clergy delegates that are all going to be there and having our annual conference. Also, um, that means that I won't be doing Bible study and Andy won't be doing youth this coming Wednesday. But, but Catherine is doing s'mores. So at 6 o'clock this coming Wednesday on June the 22nd, we're doing s'mores in the green space out there. And, and kids and grown-up kids who also like s'mores can come and make a s'more too. So that'll be fun. Um, let us prepare our hearts now for worship. Gracious God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. And we thank you for our earthly fathers as well. God, we pray that as we worship together today, you would pour out your spirit even now upon us and open our hearts and our minds as we hear what you have to say to us through the worship and through the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand and worship? A hallelujah. 
May be seated and except for our children which are going to go to children's church with miss Catherine, if you want to go that way children grown-ups dads it's father day you go to children's church yeah yeah james wants to go i want to uh thank you for your generosity in this church uh first of all for our clothes closet we kind of put out a, a alert on our clothes closet and said we needed some clothes and y'all and the whole community has really responded in a great way so thank you for responding to our clothes closet and and you can still clean out your closet and bring our clothes seasonal in parentheses seasonal clothes to our clothes closet and we appreciate that so thank you for your generosity we said help and you said yes also, this coming, uh, I already mentioned our annual conference. We always take up a special offering at annual conference, it, which is it just is one of the things I love about the United Methodist Church is we're connected, and we're bigger connected than we are individually. We all come together in North Alabama and give a special offering to one particular thing. And this year it is going through UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief, to help Ukrainian refugees. And you guys responded in a great way. Our, our Ukrainian offering, uh, our offering that we will present at the worship service, Pastor Andy and I will present at the worship service. You ready? Can I get a drum roll? $2,935. Hey, so thank you for your generosity. And, and when Pastor Andy and I go, the worship service there, we're going to place that offering in there from Gadsden First United Methodist Church to go with all the other offerings in North Alabama. It's all 100% going to go to help Ukrainian refugees. So thank you. Thank you for your just your normal everyday weekly giving that helps our ministries continue and let's pray over those two. Lord, for those who give their time and their talents and their resources and all of the gifts that you have given us through your Holy Spirit, we give you thanks for those who've given special offerings uh, to go toward helping those around the world that are our brothers and sisters in need. We give you thanks. For those who are giving today their tithes and their offerings to keep this great ministry going, we give you praise. And we pray your blessings on all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. You will go before me, you will 
What a great song and what, a, what a, a great introduction to the character that we're going to read about today on this Father's Day. 
Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 15 is the scripture today if you want to follow along on your device or in the pew Bible or up on the screen. 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 15. Ahab told Jezebel that Elijah, all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent out a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more so if I do not make your life like the life of one of those by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake, bread, on hot stones, and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went, and in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, to Horeb, the mount of God, At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left. They are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking the rocks and pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there, was, there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Elijah may be the most interesting prophet in the world. I really love him and and his character, reading about his experiences. He was prophet during the time of King Ahab. And King Ahab was a terrible, awful, no good, very bad king. He was 
I mean, one of the worst kings that Israel ever had. He was wicked. He was ruthless. He was, he was just awful. He was more wicked and more ruthless than any king that had come before him. And that was saying something. So Ahab was a bad dude. But as bad as Ahab was, you know who was even worse? His wife, Jezebel. How many of you ever heard of Jezebel? Anybody ever name your daughter Jezebel? No? Maybe a mean cat you might name Jezebel? Uh, okay. So Jezebel. Jezebel, um, well, her first official act as first lady of Israel was to tear down the altar of the Lord in the holy place and set up an, uh, an altar to Baal and command that everybody worship Baal. And uh, and then her favorite thing to do, you know, her favorite thing to do was to have all of the Lord's prophets and priests killed with a sword. That was her favorite thing to do. Mean old Jezebel. And then along comes Elijah. And Elijah was the prophet of Israel. And Elijah came before King Ahab and said, Elijah, here's what the Lord says. It's not going to rain it's just not going to rain until God says it's going to rain. And then he turned around and walked out. So that's sort of like going in and just like kicking a hornet's nest and then turning around and walking out because that was the reaction. He had to run for his life and go out into the desert. And it did stop raining because God told him to tell that and it stopped raining and there was a terrible drought so how did he survive out there in the desert? Well, he was by a little brook of water, and he got water from that little brook. And then God commanded the ravens to bring him bread. Oh, okay, crows. Y'all know about crows. Just imagine you're in the wilderness, and God has crows come and just like drop loaves of bread at your feet. That's how he survived for a while. But after a while, even the brook dried up. I mean, it was a three-year-long drought. And God said, I want you to go to Zarephath now, Elijah. And when you get to Zarephath, there is a widow woman there who is going to provide for you. So he went to Zarephath, and there he saw a widow gathering sticks. And what she was planning on doing was gathering enough sticks to build a little fire to use the last little bit of her oil and and flour to make a little cake and then she and her son were going to have their last meal together and then just die that's how bad the drought was so that's what she was up to Elijah came up to her and said hello I'd like to place an order I'd like a loaf of bread and some water please and she said do I look like a restaurant what are you crazy I'm just making one little last cake of bread for me and my son before we die are you crazy and he said, maybe a little, but I am a prophet of the Lord God of Israel. And here's what the Lord God says. If you make a little cake and give to me first, if you provide for me first, God's prophet, then God will make sure that your flour barrel doesn't run dry and that your meal, your oil jug doesn't run dry until the rain comes again. And this widow took a little step of faith it was either a little step of faith or she was thinking, what the heck have I got to lose? Uh, I'm about to die anyway. So, and there's a fine line between faith and desperation, in case you haven't noticed. So she 
did. She made a little cake and gave it to him. She provided for him to give him the strength to carry on. And God was faithful. And she and her son survived the drought until the rain came again. Her supply of flour never ran out. Her supply of oil never ran out. Because you know what? God will make a way. Right? So that's just one little interesting story about Elijah's life. You see how interesting a life he is? Would you like to hear another interesting story about Elijah's life? Okay, here you go. Here's another one. So he went back uh, to Ahab because God said, it's time for you to go back to Ahab. You know, the king that was trying to have his head chopped up. Time for you to go back to Ahab and tell him it's going to rain again. So he goes back to Ahab and he goes in and says, the Lord God says it's going to rain again. And Ahab says, well, look, come in here. Here comes the troublemaker of Israel. And Elijah was just like bold. He said, yeah, there is trouble in Israel, but it's not because of me. It's because of you and your wife Jezebel, because y'all have cast down the Lord's altars and, and encouraged everybody to worship Baal. That's why there's trouble in Israel. So there and on top of that he said I tell you what let's do you know if if the Lord God is God we're just going to worship the Lord God if Baal is God then put up or shut up so he gathered everybody he had he had King Ahab and Jezebel gather all of the prophets of Baal like 450 prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel this lush green mountain Mount Carmel and they had a showdown on Mount Carmel and so here's what Elijah said we'll do. He said, we're going to put up an altar, and we're going to put a, a sacrifice on that altar, and we're going to put, you know, firewood around that altar, and then we're going to, both of us will pray, and whosoever God is the real God will answer with fire and consume this offering. And if, if it's the Lord God of Israel, worship him. If it's Baal, then we'll worship Baal. And, that's, uh, and I'm going to let you go first. And y'all, I can't help thinking about Charlie Daniels and the devil went down to Georgia. And he said, I'm going to let you go first, devil. You know, and uh, so, and that's what he said. I'm going to let you go first, Baal. And all those 450 prophets of Baal started singing and dancing and shouting, oh, Baal, hear us, and dancing around this altar. And they, they went on till about noon and nothing happened. And this is where you just got to love Elijah's sense of humor. He said, maybe, maybe Baal is hard of hearing. Maybe you just need to crank the volume up to like 11 because maybe he's hard of hearing. Or maybe he's, know, maybe he's on vacation or maybe he's gone and take a restroom break. It really says that, y'all. It really says that. I'm not making this up. And so they sang even louder and danced in even more frenzied around the altar. And they cut themselves with rocks and spears and shouted and pleaded and cried and everything. Well, this went on till about sundown. And Elijah said, okay, now sit down there and let me show you how it's done. You know, I don't know if he sang fire on the mountain, run, boy, run. But in my mind, that's what he did. It's just in my mind. But Elijah played a, prayed a very simple prayer. God, show them what you got. And 
God answered with fire. Fire fell, burned up the sacrifice, lapped up the water that he had had him pour all over the sacrifice just to make it a little bit harder. And the people said, the Lord is God. The Lord is God. And, okay, disclaimer. Elijah then proceeded to have all of the prophets of Baal killed with the sword. I'm not advocating this, okay? I'm just saying that's what happened in Elijah's day. And so the victory was won, right? He got the golden fiddle, not really. Um, The victory was won. Everybody lived happily ever after, right? No. No. Because remember mean old Jezebel? There are always mean old Jezebels out there. Oh, I got my first amen of the day. There are always mean old Jezebels out there. And she wasn't having this. As a matter of fact, she put out like a blood oath kind of hit on him. And she said, may my life be gone if I don't make Elijah dead by this time tomorrow. And here's what it says um, that happened to Elijah. It says, in like verse 3 he was afraid he was afraid Elijah who had been miraculously fed by crows during the drought Elijah who had been miraculously supplied by the widow of Zarephath Elijah who had boldly gone before King Ahab and said it's not going to rain now it's going to rain Elijah who had prayed fire down from heaven and who had killed all of the prophets of Baal, that Elijah, when he faced Jezebel, it says he was afraid, and he ran off, and he went out into the desert, and he crawled under a shade tree. And verse 4 says, he, he basically said to God, I'm done. You ever, let's pause our, Elijah's story and think about our story. Because, you know, uh, dads on Father's Day, some of you dads, you know, you think, well, I'm supposed to always be strong. I'm, I'm supposed to never be afraid. I'm, I'm never supposed to, you know, I'm not supposed to be. Doesn't happen that way. Um, in verse 4, it, it actually says, it is enough, God. But in, in my mind, he's saying, I'm done. I, I'm just done. I can't take it anymore. I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't do it. He was so depressed and so burnt out that he just wanted to die. He said, you might as well just take me on now, God. I'm no better than my ancestors. Now, if I had been there, and if I'd been in, you know, my right mind, I would have said something like, you're right, Elijah. You are no better than your ancestors. You're only human. As a matter of fact, one of the verses in the New Testament that talks about James, that talks about Elijah is in the book of James, James 5, 17. And the context of this is, in, is, a, is about prayer. Okay, I don't want to take it out of context. It's about the prayer of faith. But, uh, but James 5, 17 says this about Elijah. Elijah was a human being like us. Right? Yes, he was a prophet. 
But no, he wasn't a superhero. You're not a superhero either. I'm not a superhero either. Elijah got scared, and Elijah was feeling like I'm not enough. And Elijah was feeling like I'm done. And he cried himself to sleep under a shade tree. And y'all, there are times that I want to do that exact same thing, to crawl under a shade tree and say I'm done and cry myself to sleep. But God sent an angel to touch Elijah on the shoulder and say this, get up and have something to eat and have something to drink. And Elijah got up and the angel had made some bread and some water for him. And he got up and he ate something and he took another nap. He took another nap and then the angel woke him up again and said, come on, eat some more and drink some more. You got another journey ahead of you. So let this be a lesson to you. Let it be a lesson to me. Sometimes a good nap and some good food and some good water and an angel touching you on the shoulder is what you need, right? Because you, know you know how little kids get fussy and you know they need a nap? Grown-ups do too, right? So Elijah's journey took him to another mountain. Remember before he had that showdown on Mount Carmel? Now he was going to another mountain. Carmel, by the way, means vineyard. It was a lush mountain on the Mediterranean Sea. Now he's going to a mountain in the desert. He's going to Mount Horeb. Horeb means desert. Horeb was called the mountain of God. It was also known as Mount Sinai. It was the place where the Israelites went after they came out of Egypt. It was the place where Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments, right? Are you picturing Charlton Heston in your mind right now? I can't help it. I do. That's the place where he got the Ten Commandments. So going back to Mount Horeb was kind of like going to the basics to remember the covenant when God said, I want you to be my people here at the Ten Commandments. Here's how I want you to live with each other and, and relate to me. So he went back and he went up on Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, and he spent the night there. And God said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? So, again, pause in Elijah's story to reflect about our story. Have you, have you ever been so busy and so consumed in the things that you were doing that you... You didn't have time to stop long enough to think this question to yourself. What am I doing? What are you doing here, Sam? What are you doing here at this place in your life? This place where you are right now. What are you doing? So Elijah was kind of still lonely, thinking he was alone. He was depressed and disappointed. He felt like a failure. He felt like he wasn't enough. And here was, here was Elijah's answer to God's question. What are you doing here, Elijah? He said this. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord. Now, zealous is a nice religious sounding word. We don't really use zealous much anymore. Zealous, interestingly, comes from a root that means red. To be zealous in Elijah's case was to be so burning with passion that he was red in the face. He was red in the face. It was a combination of anger and jealousy, okay? He was passionate because um, the 
Israelites had forsaken the covenant that they'd made before that very mountain. They had thrown away their relationship with God and they had hooked up with Baal. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. I'm the, I'm the only one left. All alone. You ever felt there? You ever been in that place? Nobody, there's literally nobody that understands what I'm going through. What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah might as well have said, I'm here because I'm afraid. I'm here because I'm done. I'm here because I'm the only one left. I'm here because there's nobody out there that understands my struggles. I'm here because the world has gone to hell in a handbasket. And I just, look, I just want to hide out in this cave. That's all right with you, God. That's what I'm doing here. And what happens next is really kind of hard to wrap our minds around, but it, it really is hard not to visualize this happening. God actually passed by that mountain that actually met Elijah on Mount Horeb like he had met with Moses on that same mountain. The, the power of God, there was a great wind and an earthquake and a fire swirled around Elijah. I'm sure it was amazing. But you know, God's presence and God's voice wasn't in the fire and it wasn't in the wind and it wasn't in the earthquake. It was in the sound of sheer silence or as the King James Version so beautifully puts it, it was in the still, small voice. And do you know what the still, small voice said to Elijah? What that whisper in the silence was? Elijah. You're not alone. You're not alone. I, I'm still with you. In fact, I have 7,000 other people that have not bowed their knee to Baal. And I have another prophet. Elijah, I know you feel like you're kind of done, but I have another prophet. His name is Elisha, and you're going to pass your mantle on to him. It's going to be okay. The good news is already out there. Elijah, it just hadn't reached you yet. It just hasn't reached you yet. Hope is out there, Elijah. It just hasn't gotten to you yet. Well, today is not only Father's Day, it's also Juneteenth. Yeah, ever heard it? Did you know that today's Juneteenth? Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Um, well, in case you don't know, in case you need reminding, Juneteenth goes all the way back to the Civil War, and, and it has to do with the Emancipation Proclamation, which uh, President Lincoln issued on uh, January 1st, 1863. Uh, saying that, that all enslaved people were legally declared free. Except that the war was still being fought, right? Because the war did not come to an end until April of 1865. Across five Aprils, if you ever read that book in school. Across five Aprils is how I remember the dates of the Civil War. The news of the Emancipation Proclamation only gradually spread across the former Confederate states. 
because they didn't like tweet it or something like that or it just gradually spread from east to west okay word came across gradually and uh, in in 1865 on June the 19th uh, 2,000 Union soldiers rolled into uh, Galveston Bay Texas and there they told, uh, passed the word on to uh, the count I saw and read and was 250,000 enslaved blacks that they're free. That they were, they were free. The good news was already out there. The hope was already out there. It just hadn't gotten to them until Juneteenth. And they had, can you imagine the celebration? Can you imagine the jubilee? Can you imagine Knowing that not only were you free, but the next generation and the next generation were going to be born in a a world that was free. I I just think it's perfect that talking about Elijah on Juneteenth. Because Elijah was feeling alone and abandoned. Elijah was feeling like he was done. But there was good news and there was hope out there. And it wasn't in the great wind or the earthquake or the fire. It was in this still, small voice whispering to him, Elijah, hey, you're not alone. It's okay if you need a nap. It's okay if you need a snack. And drink more water. Because it's hot. But you're not alone. You haven't been forgotten. Not everybody has abandoned. The world has not gone to hell in a handbasket. I promise. Have a little bit of faith. What are you doing here, Elijah? That's when, you see, God asked him that twice. The second time he said, what are you doing here? I think it was God's way of saying, Elijah, don't just stay here in the cave. I've got more for you to do. Don't keep hiding in the cave. It's okay to take a nap in the cave, but don't keep hiding there because I'm still working. So I wonder what the still, small voice is whispering to you today. What are you doing here? No, you're not alone. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are still alive and you are still moving and that even when we feel like we're done and we can't take it anymore and we just want to curl up in the shade, that you send to us, you send to us provision. You send to us all all the time, Lord, you send to us angels to touch our shoulder and say, come on. Get up. Have a snack. Come on. It's time to go. There's more to this journey. There's another leg of this journey you got to go on. Thank you, Lord, for the powerful hope that we have with you. That, that hope is desire plus the expectation that it's going to happen because you're faithful. Because you are God. Oh, God, as we listen to you today in the silence... Speak to our hearts. 
In Jesus' name, amen. We stand in worship. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a
now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.